0: This is Daniel DeBeer, Opinions Editor Print for The Standard, and I'm joined with
1: Mia George, Lead Opinions
0: Editor. Welcome back. This week we will be debriefing solely the Belarus migrant crisis. So for a bit of context, since 1994, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko has had a firm grip over the country. Several claims of electoral fraud have been made, and he has been widely condemned by the EU and other world leaders. Belarus has a history of silencing criticism within its country, and does not hold back when it comes to having control over its own people. In 2020, Lukashenko was once again re-elected in office, claiming an 80% electoral victory. Hundreds of thousands of people protested this, as it was widely seen as a farce. Belarusian authorities suppressed these demonstrations with force, and in response, the EU imposed sanctions on Belarus. Lukashenko fired back by saying Belarus would flood the EU with drugs and migrants. Although no one could have expected the severity of this statement, we can now see Lukashenko's intensity. Belarus has been granting visas to migrants in Middle Eastern countries, primarily Iraq and Syria. Most move in hopes of being able to seek refuge in wealthier European countries. But when they arrive, it has been reported that Belarusian authorities guide them with tools and instructions on how to cross the countries neighboring European countries illegally, which are Poland, Lithuania, and Latvia. Nevertheless, Lukashenko continues to deny funneling migrants into the EU to cause unsettlement on the borders.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it's clear that migrant crises like the Belarus one have occurred several times throughout the years. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen masses of desperate and hopeful migrants seek refuge uh in quite frankly any land but their own uh in the case of the syrian civil war uh rohingya i don't know if you're pronouncing that right sorry and Myanmar, and afghans fleeing t- the taliban rule and so but this migrant crisis and its standoff at the border between belarus and poland is one that historically stands out and differs greatly more so because of its uh political stand and so I'm going to go more into like the danger of geopolitics and how that plays a role here. So currently according to the New York Times there is an estimate of around 4000 migrants um, that are camped at the Polish border and around 10,000 and 20,000 in Belarus. So while the scale of these numbers is obviously not as uh, you know drastic compared to the millions um, that fled Syria or, or, or those forced out of the Mayanar, uh, the politics of the migration in Europe are so genuinely complex and volatile that even a small group of migrants can set off such big tensions. And so that's really important to consider, um, so not to just disregard the um the severity of the situation just because of the numbers there's still the um the violence and the crisis that occurs is still as dangerous and so to give some context um right wing governing party in Poland has considered non-European migrants a threat to Polish culture and sovereignty. And so the thus, thus the government's response to the current group of migrants is quite predicted, to be honest. So Belarus has deployed thousands of troops to keep migrants out. And so this similar harsh reaction is, is sort of mirrored in, in 2015 and 2016, when more than a million people um, fled to Europe and right wing nationalists world across the continent, and thus resulted in a a general vote against migrants on behalf of the government, which is just so unfair. And so a couple years ago, some countries like Germany welcome migrants while Poland refused to accept them. And so now no one is offering to take the migrants in, even though there are life threatening conditions. And I think it's also important to take a look at kind of this like blurred line between understanding migrants and refugees. So I thought that would be um, a good thing to look at really quickly so middle easterners in belarus are considered economic migrants um, and they do not technically qualify as refugees but it's imperative to recognize that this does not change the intensity that they're facing and the dangers that they face but international accords define refugees as those that flee violence or persecution because they have legitimate fears and reasons and thus giving them right to asylum but uh for many the repressive governments of syria and afghanistan pose just as severe threats and so although the wars have quietened Um, you may not see me, but I'm doing air quotes right now, (laughs) the news coverage has become minimal, but the severity of the situation should just not go unrecognized. Many people in Belarus and Poland left Syria and Iraq to seek economic opportunity, thus why they're considered economic migrants and thus differentiating them from asylum seekers. The Polish and Lithuanian authorities also have abused migrants, forcing them back into Belarus. And uh, just to cite, just to shed light on their perspective, a, in the New York Times, an article published by Richard Peretz said, he quoted um, in an Iraqi Kurd that was stuck at the border with his wife and infant and a daughter. And he said in a telephone interview, we became like a chicken in a cage in the hands of Belarusian and Polish, po- po- um, Polish police. So as he says in the, in, the, in the article, the migrants are trapped in a potentially lethal international class- clash. And so i'll go into some secrecy and then daniel will speak on um, the fake news so it's become increasingly difficult which is really annoying to actually understand uh, what's going on there because there's such limited information that's that's been exposed to you know of the outside world and so belarus in the last few weeks have given reports limited access and journalists in general are kind of frustrated because we know that the severity is bad but we just don't know how bad and the specifics. And so it's just become a bit hard uh, as an international community to be able to address it. Um, so Daniel, do you want to speak more about like the fake news aspect?
0: Yeah, so recently with social media, um, platforms online have given Lukashenko a vital asset in this scheme of finally migrants into the EU. Facebook, in particular, has become a big platform for smugglers and others with malicious intent to spread fake news about borders opening in Poland and Lithuania. Thousands of asylum seekers fell victim to the video reports plastered across their devices, some traveling hundreds of miles just to be met by closed borders and horrific conditions. On top of this, people claiming to have routes from Belarus to Poland have profited from vulnerable and desperate migrants trying to find their way out of the country. I mean, these people have just been relocated from their home countries, trying to find somewhere where they can call home uh, with decent conditions. Yet they're met with fake news, fake hopes, and these horrific conditions on the Belarusian borders.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, I just wish there was more attention. I mean, I would, we have seen uh, quite a lot of attention in like the past few weeks. But that's you know that's dialed down a lot, and which is why Daniel and I kind of wanted to kind of debrief the crisis together on the podcast. But it's difficult because it's like how do we approach it when such little information has been really given and it's it's very it's it very much kept on the down low. But every migrant has their own story, and I think it's really important that we know more about the situation so that we can come up with a balanced approach. That's not going to sacrifice the the political situation, but at the same time is taking in consideration the human rights violations that are taking place and the all the inhumane conditions that they are enduring right now. So, I mean, quickly, Daniel, what do you think? Like, as European countries, one, what what that response is, and is, is there something that can be done?
0: Yeah, it's really hard situation for them, especially since on one hand we have to consider the fact that there are thousands of displaced migrants that just want somewhere to call home, um, and they are being they're suffering horrific conditions in Belarus and that can be easily fixed by Poland or Latvia or Lithuania opening their borders. Yet on the other hand, by doing so, they would be giving in to the demands of Belarus, and that's exactly what Lukashenko wants. He wants them to take in migrants and that and he wants to cause more unsettlement in these countries as a response to the uh economic sanctions placed on Belarus so it would be almost giving in to Lukashenko by doing so but at the same time it is the more mature move as we really have to consider the lives of the displaced migrants
1: no, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, that's that's the end of our podcast. We hope you learned a lot and we hope that was a clear debrief of what kind of what's going on. And if you guys want to talk more about that with us, you know, always reach out. Actually, we would love to have some guests to talk about some weekly politics events and global issues together and get as many different perspectives as we can. So please reach out to either Daniel or I if you'd be interested. We might send out a survey later on. But um, we hope you enjoyed this segment of weekly politics update and uh, see you next time.
0: Bye.